Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Tonight, I want to ask you to turn back to 1 John. We started last week in a study on the book of 1 John, and we uh, began by looking at uh, this passage of Scripture and, and uh, what we can gain from it and uh, how we can understand uh, our life and what it means to live and and uh, walk as Christians. And tonight I want to ask you to look with me at uh, the last uh, part of 1 John 1. As we do that, I want to ask you for a moment to uh, tell me, uh, I want to ask you a question. Uh, first of all, uh, the first question is, uh, do you believe that a Christian can sin? Now, uh, early in my ministry, I lived in an area where uh, there was a pastor who uh, actually taught that uh, as a Christian, you could not sin. He believed that he did not sin as a Christian and that if you were truly a Christian, you didn't sin. But... Uh, uh, tonight, if we're going to be honest, uh, we uh, all would have to admit that we are all sinners saved by God's grace. And that even after we have become Christians, that even after accepting Jesus Christ into our heart and life, and then even after uh, His presence being uh, uh, made a part of our life through Jesus entering into us, uh, we have to admit that there are times where we deviate from God's plan and purpose for our life, that we uh, lose our ability to live uh, as we should because of the distractions of this world, because of the temptations that are out there, um, that we as Christians still uh, feel the temptation to do things that we shouldn't do. And, and we have to admit that we all sin, uh, even continue to sin as Christians. And uh, what we have to admit is, is that uh, there's only one who ever lived that didn't sin, and that was Jesus Christ Himself. And throughout all of Scripture, you'll find the biggest collection of sinners uh, in, in God's Word. You'll find... Uh, you find uh, different ones uh, who lied and uh, stole. and Well, I mean, Moses, now you go all the way back to Abraham. Abraham told lies about who uh, Sarah was and uh, deceived uh, the kings and different ones who were of authority. And he benefited by that, by gaining a lot of wealth and, and notoriety. Uh, albeit it was not just because of his sin of of lying about uh, the fact that Sarah was his wife, but uh, it it also had a lot to do with the fact that that God was there protecting him 
and protecting uh, who he was because of the covenant of God. Uh, that's kind of odd to think that in lying, Abraham uh, was still protected by God. We think many times that when we sin, when we do wrong, uh, that God uh, causes bad things to happen to us. But it was God's desire that Abraham would grow in his uh, uh, st- wealth and standing and his influence, that his whole uh, family would benefit as a result of uh, the fact that he uh, gained all this wealth. And so it kind of is, is contrary to the way that we usually think, but it's because of God's covenant. Well, uh, you go down the line from Abraham, you have uh, just all the major figures, you name them. Uh, David, the gr- greatest king of Israel, was an adulterer and a murderer. Uh, Moses was a murderer. Moses that was used of God to... Uh, to deliver the children of Israel out of uh, the bondage of slavery in Egypt. Uh, he was a murderer. He murdered a man uh, before he went uh, wandering in the wilderness. Um, who else can we name that that uh, every one of them has been pointed out uh, that they uh, committed sin? Uh, as I said, David was a, a called a man after God's own heart, and yet he was uh, a an adulterer and a murderer. Um, uh, you name it, and there are people that have done wrong uh, and sinned, uh, except for Jesus Christ Himself. Uh, he is the only one that that has lived and walked on the earth and not sinned. So last week we looked at the under, our understanding of of who God is, who Jesus Christ is uh, in God, and remember First uh, John is. Uh, written because there's two groups of people. Remember I talked about two groups of people. Some that saw Jesus as uh, fully God and not human enough that He experienced uh, the realities of this world. And there are others who said, no, He's he's all human and so much so that He was not divine in their eyes. And, and John here is saying He's... Uh, fully human and fully God, that Jesus Christ is uh, the one that uh, we need to to look to. And let's look at First John chapter one verse five uh, today, and and uh, we need to look at at who we are in relation to Jesus Christ. Um, now, John was again speaking to a group of people that are. Uh, uh, a part of a church that he has helped to establish and and these people have kind of been uh, confused and mixed up and and the teachings that uh, after John uh, established the church and so John's trying to help them get a proper perspective and he says this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with Him, 
and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. And if, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we have made Him a liar, and His word is not in us. He says, My children, uh, these things I have written unto you that you may not sin. And if any man sin, that we have uh, an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And He is the propitiation of our sin and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so John here is hitting hard on the fact of, first of all, Last week, we hit, he hit very hard on who Jesus Christ is. He's the light. He is, uh, he, he's, he's telling us that we have to understand and know that Jesus Christ is the light and the, light, uh, and the word of life. And He is uh, that which we need to, uh, to understand that uh, I, don't, I don't know how to put it any other way than this. Uh, when I was younger, uh, and I was uh, in school, one of the things that my teacher in literature told us about was the different ways in which the writer tried to help us to understand who the good guys were, who the bad guys were, and what the plot of the story was and to help us to see and understand how the story progressed and everything that they said. Then she would take some of these older, old, uh, I'm talking about really old films, you know, uh, the kind of films that kids nowadays don't want to watch. And that's because, first of all, anything that's not in color, they don't want to see. They don't want to look at. And secondly, if it doesn't have explosions and it doesn't have people moving at uh, 90 miles an hour, they don't want to see uh, car chases or, or guns and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they don't want to see it either. Uh, but these were some very old films that had... Uh, uh, a lot of relevance to what we were looking at, uh, what we were studying. And uh, sometimes she would take uh, something that we had read and then allow us to watch the film that was based on the book, uh, like Silas Marner and Wuthering Heights and some of the other things. And one of the uh, one of the real classic movies is The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And this is the one that's older, not the one that's the really, really old one, uh, but the one that has Lon Chaney in it. And um, this was before the time in uh, which they had all kinds of special effects. And one of the main things that they did uh, to show uh, truth and right and good was to shine bright light on that individual and have the individual surrounded by darkness, but have that individual uh encased in light and those that were bad they were usually uh, a lot of times uh, filmed in uh, a shaded or darkened uh, environment and i think a lot of the old westerns where they had the bad guy wearing the dark hat the black hat and the good guy wearing the white hat had the similar type of uh of uh 
theme and uh, going uh, for us, but they were all out in the wilderness, so everything was bright and, and in the light, so they had to use hats. Um, but we see that in filmmaking and in the old older times where those who were good were were seen in bright light and in in good lighting and those who were bad were usually people that lurked in darkness or in the shadows um, and so uh, that kind of thing comes from this type of of uh, understanding of truth and righteousness and the and the wording here in John first uh, John is is that uh, they he says that uh, that uh, Jesus is the light in the world and and light represents truth and righteousness and he says here in, in verse 5 that we as Christians ought to be people who live in the light again he's not talking about that we should walk around during the daytime that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is, is that we ought to live in the light that is Jesus Christ, the truth and righteousness, and live a righteous life living in the light, living in the light, not our light, not the light of the sun, but the light of the S-O-N, the sun, Jesus Christ, whom he just uh, talked about being the light at the first part of this chapter. And he says, um, This is the message that we have heard of Him and declaring to you that God is light. Now, just as much as you've heard and understood and know that God is love, he says, God is light. God, everything that is good and righteous and everything is, uh, that is right is associated with God. That's what he's saying. And in Him there is no darkness at all. So, in essence, he's saying in God there is no uh, trickery, there's no deception, there's no sin, there's no darkness, there's nothing in God that would indicate that He is in darkness, but He is all light. That God is all truth. God is all righteousness. God is all uh, everything that is that is right. And He says, if we're calling ourselves a Christian, if we call ourselves to be a child of God, if we're in any way associated with uh, with Jesus Christ at all then we need to be in the light. He says, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not the truth. He says, if, we, if there's anything in us that enjoys being in the darkness, enjoys being in sinfulness, enjoys being in doing those things that are, be- are best kept in the darkness, anything that that tries to stay hidden, if we're doing any of those things, then we're not being and living as we're supposed to live. We're to live in the light of Jesus Christ. We're to live in righteousness. We're to walk in righteousness. And everything about us should be about living in the light, being a part of the light, that, we, that there shouldn't be any type of darkness, any type of sin, uh, no type of, of wrong living in us. Why? Well, because we have Jesus Christ living in us. And, and this is where uh, some people get confused. We're not righteous 
because Jesus lives within us, we're righteous because we consciously choose to follow Jesus. It's not simply that, uh, that because we have Jesus Christ living in us uh, when we accept Jesus into our heart and life that we're righteous in everything that we do. It's a conscious effort that we seek to do those things which are right, those things that are good, and those things that are just. He says, um, but... If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another uh, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. He says, so not only are we to live in the light, that we, but we're also to fellowship with one another in the light and that we are to, to it's to uh, being, and, and really that's what a lot of what, being a uh, Christian is all about is being about the fellowship uh, with other believers of helping each other to live as Christ has called us to live of of making our lives more like Jesus Christ <clears throat> that's the simplest way to put it uh, Jesus is the light and we're to live in the light and we're to do those things that would help others, uh, help ourselves to live in the light and to help others to live in the light. That we're to, to fellowship with one another and, and to help each other to stay in the light, to live according to uh, the way in which Jesus Christ would have us to live, of living in the truth and the righteousness that God calls us to live. And he says, uh, in doing that, we can live a life that is without sin but the next verse says we fool ourselves if we think that we don't sin he says if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us he's saying don't be confused just because you live in the light and that you are in the light doesn't mean that you don't have the propensity to live in darkness to want to to do sinful things to go and to uh, to be a sinful person I don't think there's a one of us who who can deny the fact that we still can be susceptible to sin, right? I mean, come on, we all want to say that we uh, that we're all right with God when we come to church and that we don't sin, but we have to be honest with ourselves. We do sin. We are sinful people. As long as we live on this earth. And we're and we're not in the presence of God in heaven. We're going to be plagued by sin, and it's going to be something that we struggle with, that we uh, fight with in our lives, and that we have to constantly battle within us. And he says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Uh, we, uh, in fact, that we call. Uh, if we say that we don't sin at all, he says that we uh, are not a part of the light. But that we have darkness. If but he says, but if we confess our sins, this is a this is our favorite verse. This is the verse that we love so much because this is the verse that gives us hope. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So, John says, look, we all sin. We're called to live a life out of sin and in the light of Jesus Christ. And we're called to live a, a life 
without sin. But he says, but we have to, we have to be very honest with ourselves. We still sin. We don't live a sinless life when we have Jesus in our life, but we should live a sinless life, a life, a life le- uh, that has less sin in it because of the fact that we live in the light of Jesus Christ, that we live our life in a way in which Christ can be seen in us and that we allow the light of Jesus Christ to shine through us. But he says, look, if you do sin, you have forgiveness and you can have a, uh, and and that's something that we need to <clears throat> we need to remember, because so often when we are walking in, in our daily life and we think that we are without sin, uh, well, we, we might as well get ready to stumble in sin immediately if we think that we have no sin. But we can rest assured that that if we confess our sin before God, that He's willing and faithful to forgive us and to take that sin away from us so that we can live without sin. Because so often we... And I've been in, in places where I've encountered people that, that wanted to believe that, well, I, I just don't have any sin. I don't do anything wrong. I, I don't ever do anything wrong. I, I, I'm, uh, you know, some people think that when they get to a certain age, they can't possibly sin. Those sin... Uh, those. Uh, those situations are, are they confuse themselves. Uh, so many of our sins begin in our mind, and and we can do those same things in our mind that that many times we don't do in our our body. And that was the the great the, the great challenge for those who were Jewish in heritage to understand. They felt like, well, if I'm a, a son of Abraham, if I'm a, an Israelite, if I'm a Jewish individual, what we call a Jew today, then I'm a child of God. I, I belong to God and there's nothing I can do that can cause me to not uh, have that relationship to God. But we understand and know that just simply being who we are doesn't make us a Christian just simply because, hey, I grew up in a home where my father was a deacon in the church. My mom and dad both were members in the church. My mom sang in the church choir. Did that make me a Christian? No. That didn't even make me a member of the church. It just meant that my parents were. And so many people have this under, uh, this mis- distorted view of, well, my parents were good, upstanding people. My parents were good Christian folks. My parents went to church every Sunday, but that didn't that doesn't make you a child of God. It doesn't make you a Christian. And just because you have uh, Jesus Christ in your life doesn't mean that you're living the way He wants you to live. Just because Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord doesn't mean that you don't ever sin against Him. The Bible tells uh, what what we need to understand is, is that if we walk in the light, then we have a greater chance of staying in the light. But we also have just a great as great a chance as of... Uh, allowing sin to come into our life. But with God, we have 100% certainty that if we confess our sins before Him, He'll forgive us and He'll cleanse us and make us uh, righteous once again. And we have this assurance that if we continue to seek to walk in the light, 
that we'll walk more fervently in righteousness. And we need to understand that Jesus Christ is the propitiation. Verse 2 of chapter 2 says that Jesus is the propitiation of our sins. That's a good long word that, that is hard for some people to understand. Propitiation. What's that mean? Well, He's the only answer. He's the only Let's back it up a little bit and see it from the perspective of the Jewish individual living during uh, Jesus' time. All throughout history, the Israelites, uh, well, not all throughout history, but from the time that Israel became a nation and Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, they were given rules and how they should live and they had to do certain things and in order to have uh, to be the people of God they had to learn how to live as God's people and one of those things was is that from time to time there would be sacrifices that would be made on behalf of the people for their sins and they weren't just simply to get any sacrifice, uh, sacrificial lamb they were to get uh, and this was something that that uh, uh, that was difficult for some, they were to take the best, most choice lamb, one without spot or blemish, one that was uh, perfectly healthy. This would be the prized position. This would be the lamb that, that a whole flock could be based on simply because uh, a lamb that was without blemish and spot, that was pure, would be the type of lamb that you would want to breed in order to get other lambs that were pure and white and without spot and blemish. You didn't want to have a lamb that, that was streaked and uh, had all kinds of spots. Why? Because it was to them it was seen as, as a lamb that was not quite as good. Um, but for for sacrificial purposes, God said, I don't want your rejects. I don't want the lambs that aren't good enough for you to keep. I don't want a lamb that's lame or or, or blind or, or sick as a sacrifice because why? It's not a sacrifice for you to give up one that you, you could do without. I, I don't want your least... Uh, difficult lamb to give I want the one that is the hardest for you to give up why because God was trying to demonstrate to the people of Israel that this sacrifice was a tremendous sacrifice given up for the sins because sins not something to be overlooked or or belittled or anything like that it's a serious deal but it's also pointing to the fact that that the greatest sacrifice would be given for us in Jesus Christ. Jesus was the greatest sacrificial lamb for us because He was the perfect Son of God. He was the second person of the Trinity. He was uh, the only begotten Son of the Father. He was the most prized and treasured uh, Son of God given for us as a sacrifice once and for all. And the propitiation means that He is the only sacrifice that could qualify 
as a sacrifice for our sins. All these other sacrifices that they had been given throughout, uh, you know, a thousand years or more of history, they'd been just a lamb that was given up, and after a while, they'd have to sacrifice another lamb. And after a while, they'd have to sacrifice another one. Why? Because it wasn't quite the sacrifice that was needed until we get to Jesus, who is the perfect sacrifice for our sin, the propitiation, the only sacrifice that that can satisfy the demand of God for our sin. And so Jesus Christ is the the only sacrifice that is is qualifies to cover our sin. And as such, He is the only one who can allow us to live in the light. The only one who can take our sins from us. And He is the way in which we... Uh, it is the, that sacrifice that was made for us so that our sins would be for, forgiven... And it was he was given for us not just so that we can. A lot of people go uh, come forward and accept Jesus into their heart because they say, "Well, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to. I don't want to be in that bad place. I don't want to go and be away uh, down there. I want to go." Into heaven, I want to be in heaven forever because uh, heaven's got streets of gold, and got mansions, and got pearly gates, and I want to be in heaven. Well, that that's a rudimentary understanding of why you need to accept Jesus into your heart and life. What we really ought to be saying is, is that we need Jesus in our life. We want to accept that wonderful gift because of His sacrifice that was made for us. That only sacrifice that can allow us to have uh, the removal of our sins was made for us so that we can have His forgiveness, which allows us to live in the light. And if that sacrifice, and as we talked about in discipleship training tonight, you know, all of this flows together. Because He sacrificed for us His life, we need to sacrifice our life for Him to live in the light, to live in righteousness, and give our, of ourselves to Him because of what He's given for us. And so that, that's what uh, is so important for us to understand is, is that Jesus is the light. He's the light of righteousness and truth in our life. And we need to live in Him and live according to His purpose and plan and live in the light because Jesus is the light. And we do that by depending upon Him and trusting in Him, allowing Him to permeate throughout our life. I hope tonight that you understand the importance of living in the life. See, there were so many in in the church that John was writing to that thought, well, simply because I have Jesus in my life, 
I don't have to worry about how much I sin because I can just ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins and I and I can just keep on sinning as much as I want to because I can ask Jesus to take my sin away. And guess what? There's people that still live to this day thinking the same thing. Well, I can live any way I want to because guess what? God will just forgive me because He said if I'll confess our sins before Him, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And that's not what John was saying. John's saying, yes, we can have forgiveness of our sins, but we ought to want to live in righteousness and live in the light because He has forgiven us of our sins. And Jesus Christ is the light. And if He lives within us, then we ought to live within Him. And so I hope tonight that you'll consider that in your life. Living in the light. How can I live in the light? By allowing the light of Jesus Christ to live in me and be seen in my life. Let's pray.